Hello and welcome into Friday's edition of Locked On Cardinals. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan, your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Happy Friday, everybody. Congratulations. We've made it to a Friday. Cardinals have a series against Pittsburgh Pirates this week, and that's what we're talking about on today's show, breaking down the pitching matchups, going over the probables, and saying what I like about the series against Pittsburgh Pirates this week. So stay tuned for today's Locked On Cardinals. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into today's show. Once again, happy Friday, everybody. August the 20th. Hard to believe we made it through another week, but we have indeed. As the St. Louis Cardinals have a weekend series coming up against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And it was a, you know, not very satisfying um, series, excuse me, against the Milwaukee Brewers, but one that the Cardinals were able to salvage uh, one against the Milwaukee Brewers in game three. And if you missed my post game pod that is being, uh, that has been posted both on the YouTube page and on uh, your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to check that out. Just 10, 15 minutes. So maybe you got a, a ride to work that's 45 minutes and this is only filling up about half an hour of your time. Be sure to hit that um, post game pod up. It just got my initial thoughts following a, a pretty satisfying you know, win against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Uh, be sure to download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. It is changing the way we talk sports. But a very exciting series this weekend because the Cardinals do have a starting pitcher returning to the rotation and a starting pitcher returning from injury, and that is Miles Michaelis. So we are talking about Miles Michaelis. We're going to talk about J.A. Hab. We're going to talk about Adam Wainwright, all the three pitchers that are going this weekend for the St. Louis Cardinals. Be sure to follow me on Twitter for the coverage at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. But we're not even going to delay it anymore. We're going to get into this weekend series. We're going to start with game one. And that is Miles Michaelis' return from the injured list pending anything unforeseen. I am recording this Thursday night just to be uh, blunt with you guys. But uh, Miles Michaelis set to make his return at 7.15 on Friday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Miles Michaelis... You know, I understand that he hasn't pitched well since really hasn't had a prolonged series season of success since 2018, well, his first year. And then he signed a big contract four years, uh, $68 million, I believe, what was the next contract for him. And, you know, I understand that, that that contract was, in my opinion, a bad contract, one that the Cardinals should not have signed that soon. I'm not trying to take anything away from Miles Michaelis, but Miles Michaelis pitched decently, not great in 2019. Didn't pitch at all in 2020 and has thrown just four innings here in 2021. So that contract is not living up to expectation. But nevertheless, if Miles Michaelis is right, and in that four inning start against the Chicago Cubs, to to be fair, he did look he, he looked like his old self. Uh, he went four innings, gave up one earned run, struck out or uh, gave up three hits, struck out three, hit a batter, walked a man. So not entirely crisp. Uh, obviously, wasn't the, the sharpest per se. But nevertheless, Miles Michaelis wasn't. Wasn't you know getting blown up in that start from his return from the injured list, 
So I would expect nothing else from his return this time. And can Miles Michaelis uh, just be the Miles, not necessarily the Miles Michaelis of 2018, because that might be a little bit unreasonable to ask because he was phenomenal that season. But can he at least be solid? And like I say all the time for all the pitchers, can he give his team a chance to win? That is the bottom line for me and Miles Michaelis, because if he's able to do that, then that is a major success. And when, when you look at his rehab uh, starts in, in the minor leagues this season, he, he made five rehab starts. Um, uh, and he made, excuse me, I had the wrong page pulled up there. Uh, he made five rehab starts. He went three and one in the minor leagues with a three, nine, three, I'm sorry, eight rehab starts. Beg your pardon. My apologies for all that. Eight rehab starts. He went three and one. He had a win at each of the levels, picked up one loss in triple A. Uh, his ERA in 10 and the third innings at the double A level was 6.97. So, you know, three point. 9-3 ERA in his rehab starts isn't isn't going to jump off the page at you. Opponents hit 279. His whip was 1.20. So it's not like he was lighting up the world in his rehab starts. Now that said, maybe one start he was working mainly on a slider. One start he was working on his off-speed. One start working on fastball control. But you still would have liked to have seen the, the numbers in, in those rehab starts be a little bit higher. And I think if Miles Michaelis can, can go five innings, I know that the bullpen's a little bit depleted after a short start from Lester in a 10-inning game on, on Wednesday. But if Miles Michaelis can go five innings, give up maybe at most two runs, but for sure five innings against Pittsburgh Pirates, that is a success. I, I'm hoping that, that maybe they can stretch him out a little bit because he did have an extra long rehab stint, making those eight starts at the minor league level. Jack Flaherty, I believe, only made four or five. I should, should have had that pulled up, but uh, definitely did not make as many rehab starts as Miles Michaelis did. So definitely something to keep in mind that Miles Michaelis has been stretched out. And uh, at the same token, at the same time, so to keep all this stuff in mind, that Miles Michaelis definitely is going to be on a short leash, in my opinion, because of, of the, the injury history. So Miles Michaelis needs to find that, find, just find that groove. Give, give the Cardinals five innings. Don't put too much pressure on himself. Give the Cardinals, you know, obviously you, you like to see him go six or seven, but I think the expectations just need to be a little, be a little bit lower because Miles Michaelis coming back, all due respect, is not the same as Jack Flaherty. Coming back, Miles Michaelis is not on that level, despite having a solid 2018 on his resume. He has not shown that since then. So Miles Michaelis coming back, you know, shouldn't be treated like a saving race or as the Cardinals are going to be saved by Miles Michaelis coming back. I don't think that that is the case. I'm not saying anybody's saying that, but I'm just saying that right here, right now. I really think it's going to be an improvement for Miles Michaelis to come back, but he's, he's got to show the success. Jack Flaherty, you, you, you kind of knew the success was going to come, but Miles Michaelis kind of needs to prove that because, like I said, he hasn't had a prolonged series of success since 2018. Going to be a boost, going to be fun to watch him pitch because I really did enjoy watching him pitch back in 2018. That was a fun season for, for him, not necessarily for the Cardinals missing the playoffs for the third consecutive year that season, or third consecutive season that year, I should say. Um, but it was fun to watch Miles Michaelis pitch. Because when he's on, he's not walking batters. He pitches to contact. Isn't necessarily going to strike out the world, but he he goes deep into games. And that buzz that buzz phrase keeps his team in the game. That is the big key for me, and that is the mark of what a good pitcher can do. You're keeping your team in the game when you're even when your stuff isn't necessarily a plus stuff. And Miles Michaelis maybe not might not have the a plus stuff, but he has the ability to keep his team in the game. Um, and his most recent rehab start. Um, or uh, came came at the I believe it was a single A level. I can't pull up game logs here, but um, but it, it was 
it's weird that he had such success at the AAA level and then kind of got worse as he went down in the ranks at a two, three, three ERA and five starts at the minor league, at the AAA level with Memphis in 19 and a third innings, gave up just five hits or gave up five runs rather. And then gave up eight earned and 10 and a third innings with the double A Springfield and then three earned and seven inning appearance against uh, for Peoria. But that game against Peoria did see a string of 15 consecutive batters retired by his by miles. Michaelis. So, Showed a little bit of success at the rehab start. Uh, Cardinals will be going up against Mitch Keller, who is um, uh, three and ten on the season with a six eight six ERA. Fifteen uh, games, all of them starts for his career. He's got thirty one starts in his ERA of six thirty. He's a high prospect in this Pittsburgh Pirates system. He was drafted in the second round back in two thousand and fourteen. Somebody that really just hasn't been able to get it going. Um, he has not pitched against St. Louis this season. So maybe, maybe that will bring success. And, you know, I feel like the, the old adage or the old uh, rule of thumb is that if you're not having success against St. Louis, if you're not having success, pitch against St. Louis, because I feel like the Cardinals just get eaten alive by pitchers who might not have the best ERA or the best record. Hopefully that that, that is incorrect when the Cardinals face Mitch Keller. When you're looking at um, numbers against Keller, the most at-bats is five. That's Paul Goldschmidt. He's 0 for 5. Tommy Yemen is 1 for 4 with an RBI. Tommy Yemen is the only Cardinal with a hit against Mitch Keller, but again, very small sample size. Take it for a grain of salt if you'd like. In terms of the Cardinals or Pirates against Miles Michaelis, Cardinal killer Colin Moran is hitting just 208 in 24 at-bats against the Cardinal right-hander. Colin Moran murders the Cardinals. He did so last series even when the Cardinals swept the Pirates. Uh, Kevin Newman is hitting just a buck 43 in 14 at-bats. A couple, uh, one, two good numbers, I guess. One more defo is three out of six, but the big good number for the Pittsburgh Pirates is their center fielder, Brian Reynolds, in 14 at-bats, hitting 429. Regular Polanco, 267 with a home run. So some good, some not so good, some really bad when you're looking at Colin Moran against uh, Miles Michaelis. So hopefully you can use that to advantage. Again, just, just as a word of warning, for me, my expectations are very low. And that's not to say that Miles Blacklist is a bad pitcher or that I think is a bad pitcher. I'm just trying to keep my expectations low, not expect too much, and then hopefully that means that he will uh, exceed my expectations and go five, six, seven innings. Uh, but I, I, I'm expecting five innings, five solid innings from Miles Blacklist, in my opinion, would be a win for the Cardinal right-hander. So that's going to do it for segment number one. Uh, Miles Michaelis has the opportunity to not, not prove himself necessarily, but you could definitely say prove the doubters. And, you know, you could even call me not necessarily a doubter, but more a skeptic as to what Miles Michaelis truly is like. So that's going to do it for segment one. Segment two, we're talking J.A. Happ, and let's see if he can recreate the success he had against Pittsburgh in this most recent appearance against the Pirates. But first, I want to tell you about the best tasting protein bar in the business. And if you don't think so? Well, uh, go ahead and order a Built Bar yourself because Built Bar is remarkable. They have nine delicious flavors. I would encourage you to try them all. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. My favorite flavor is the Double Chocolate. These are all covered 100% in chocolate. So who doesn't want more chocolate? But just because they're covered in chocolate doesn't mean they're not healthy as well. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. My mouth is literally watering talking about these Built Bars. So they're all healthy, all delicious. So be sure to order yourself a mixed box today. You get two of each of the nine flavors. Order whatever you like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Can't go wrong there. So order Built Bars at Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. One more time, that is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com.
Cardinals and Pirates play at 6.15 tomorrow uh, with J.A. Happ going up against Dylan Peters. We're going to start with Dylan Peters in the start because he's a little bit more of an unknown. He was drafted in the 10th round by the Miami Marlins back in 2014, and his career numbers aren't that incredible. He got a career 570 ERA. He had a 16.20 ERA last year. It's a little bit misleading. Uh, in one start, he went one and two-thirds innings, gave up three earned runs. But in 2019, for the Los Angeles Angels, uh, he pitched 72 innings, 12 starts, 17 games overall, 5-3-8 ERA, and seven games, six starts, five starts for the Marlins back in 2018, had a 7-16 ERA, and then in six starts for the Marlins back in 2017, a 5-1-7 ERA. Not a great track record, but in his one start this season, he went four and two-thirds of innings, uh, gave up two runs. One of those was earned five hits, and he picked up the loss against the Milwaukee Brewers. And as we saw this week, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are a very solid offensive team. So the lefty Dylan Peters might might give the Cardinals a little bit of problems. Um, you know, Like I said, not a lot of uh, past success. But definitely some some recent success and momentum is a big thing for me. And he's coming off a very solid start against the Milwaukee Brewers, or at least one that he can build off of. When you're looking at what you're going to see from Dylan Peters, uh, again, just one start this year, and he was a fastball changeup curveball. Uh, we're going to go to, to last year's numbers because you know you only have one start to go off of. Uh, he threw the, f- the fastball last year 50% of the time, the changeup 27. Had a slider last year 11%, as well as the changeup 11%. Did not throw a slider in his most recent start, so maybe he's ditching that. Uh, but but last year, the, the the fastball produced good numbers. The slider did not. Um, gave, gave up through it one time, gave up a hit. But then you go back to 2019, he gave up a sinker. So maybe he brings up a sinker back. Maybe he brings a slider back. But very minimum, you're going to see fastball, changeup, curveball. And for Dylan Peters, I would not expect too much um, f- from him in terms of length because he you know, has bounced around from starter to reliever in the past, as I mentioned. And in, in, in those stats that I just talked about earlier, the um, – you know, there was a mixture in there of start of starts and bullpen appearances. So, game two, I think, is going to be all about how J.A. Happ can build off of his most recent success against the Pittsburgh Pirates because he has one hit them in not once but twice this season. First, as a member of the Minnesota Twins, and then as the member of the St. Louis Cardinals. His most recent time as a Cardinal, he went six innings, just the one hit. It was a home run, walked two, and struck out five. And then back on April the 23rd against Pittsburgh uh, in Minnesota, seven and a third, one hit, uh, two hit walks, and three strikeouts. So m- maybe the... the the third time's a charm for the Pittsburgh Pirates, but also J.A. Happ pitched pretty solid against the Royals going five and two-thirds shutout innings. So both these pitchers are coming off starts they can build off of, coming off starts with, with a little bit of momentum going into their next one. So it should be a good, a fun pitching uh, weekend with a couple of lefties going on Saturday, uh, Peters for the Pirates and Happ for the Cardinals. And for J.A. Happ, it's going to be that fastball control. He has thrown his fastball a lot since being traded over the Cardinals. It's something that, that you know, a lot of people take notice of. Edmonds has taken notice of it in the broadcast booth. And I think that it's kind of old style of everything goes off your fastball. Nowadays, pitchers like to pitch backwards, throwing curveballs and fastball counts, fastballs and curveball counts, getting ahead with the curveball, then throwing a fastball up. Where back in the day, it was, okay, I'm going to first pitch fastball, get, get fastball, set that, and then throw the curveball changeup slider off of it. There's still a certain degree of that in today's game, but I think there's a lot more pitching backwards, if you will. But J.A. Happ, I think, uses that fastball well. I think as the lefty, if he's able to get it in on those right-handed batters, 
I think he has the opportunity to have success. So obviously, um, the only card there actually there is one Cardinal with an at bat against Dylan Peters, and it's Paul Goldschmidt, and it's a three run home run, one one for one with a home run and three RBIs. And the Pirates against J. A. Happ, those are, are some pretty bad numbers, as you might suggest, very small sample sizes. But game two, in my opinion, looks like um, very, looks very favorable for the St. Louis Cardinals. They all do because they have Michaelis going in game one, and you have Wainwright, then you have or then you have Happ, then you have Wainwright. So all three very um, promising starts, but J.A. Happ is just going to have to look to continue that success. That That's the bottom line. If J.A. Happ can continue that success, you got, you got to feel good. And the Pirates have not played very well against the Cardinals this year. They did have the three out of four at Bush Stadium, and the Cardinals came back, responded to that with a sweep of the Pirates in PNC Park. That uh, This will be the last series or the second to last series the Cardinals have against the Pittsburgh Pirates in general. And it is the last series against the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, at home as next weekend, they have a four game set at Pittsburgh. So I think it'd be really nice, a really nice send off to the Pittsburgh Pirates say, Hey, thanks for visiting Bush stadium. I know you, you had a good time here last time. Let's send away with the series. win. Let, let, let's, let's, let's really, um, I hope the Cardinals can give it to the Pirates this weekend. And it, it's going to start and end, as every game does for St. Louis, as every series does with St. Louis, with starting pitching. The Jay Happ and Adam Wainwright have both have recent success against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know the more and more you see a pitcher, that tends to bode well for the offense. But with Wainwright, you know you know what you're going to get. You had known what you're going to got, get for a long time, and he still seems to have incredible amounts of success. Whereas Jay Happ, you know, might not have had a ton of success in the past um, with the Twins this season, but has had success in the recent uh, history with the St. Louis Cardinals. So I still have a lot of confidence in J.A. Happ to go out there and get the job done and pitch well for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's going to be interesting because you're still going to be down Carlson. You're still going to have Newport on the lineup, but I think that still bodes well for the St. Louis Cardinals because Newport has been playing extremely well this season. Um, so, so game two bodes well for the Cardinals. We're going to talk about game three um, coming up in just a moment as Adam Wainwright gets the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals in game three on Sunday. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online because it's that time of year again. Most ties are shifting to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests at Bet Online, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the two hundred thousand NFL Survivor Contest. Open now only at Bet Online. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your one hundred percent welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be up to $25. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all, all your favorite sports from football, basketball, baseball, boxing, and even to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. The promo code for that 100% welcome bonus, locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on. You can only get this at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Game three sees Adam Wainwright go up against Stephen Brault, and Stephen Brault is a familiar foe to the St. Louis Cardinals as he made his major league career debut against the Redbirds, and he also has a, a recent outing against the St. Louis Cardinals. And in that line, he went five innings, two earned runs, five hits, two home runs. That's what really uh, killed him, and he is 
not known for giving up two home, giving up home runs. Those two home runs are his only two home runs given up in his three starts this season. He did strike out six Cardinals. So game three, it, it I hate to say it worries me because you do have Adam Wainwright on the mound, and whenever Wainwright is on the mound, you tend not to worry too much. But at the same time, because of who's pitching for the Pirates, I think that he has the ability to have a little bit of success against St. Louis. In his, in his career, he's had decent numbers, um, and, and also coming off a very solid start against the Los Angeles Dodgers, in which he went five and two-thirds of an inning, three hits, no earned runs, a walk, uh, hits batsman and struck out four. So he's having a solid season. Um, the, the Cardinal start was really his worst start. Um, the most earned runs, most home runs um, given up. And because you know, the start before that, he went four shutout innings or four innings against Milwaukee Brewers, gave up one run. Excuse me, but Stephen Brault's, you know, scares me isn't really the correct term. But I think that, that in terms of who the Cardinals have lined up in the rotation, or to face in the rotation this weekend, he might be the one that that kind of raises my eye that uh, I raise my eyebrow at, as to say, ooh, maybe maybe the Cardinals might struggle against Stephen Bolt. But all that said, Adam Wainwright is on the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals. You can see my uh, my smile if you're watching on the YouTube channel because Adam Wainwright always tends to bring a smile to my face. He's got a two five seven ERA in his last seven starts. Year zero three two six is still going to be the lowest since 2014, excluding 2015 and 2020 due to injury and COVID shortened season. There are, we're, in my opinion, we're running out of superlatives to describe what Adam Wainwright means to this team, to this city, to this franchise. But specifically, at least in the short term, I'm going to talk about right now, to this team. He's a big game pitcher. He has stepped up time and time again. And even though he he didn't have his best stuff, he got hit around a little bit, gave up a lot of hits in his most recent start against the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, was, wasn't sharp. And, and I, I fully admit that, fully acknowledge that. Um, you know, gave, gave up nine hits. That's the most hits he's given up in a start all season is the nine and the most um, since eight hits back in June against the Reds. So definitely not, not as sharp as outing, but he was still able to go six innings. He was still able to buzz phrase again, keep the Cardinals in the game. That was huge. That is always going to be huge when a pitcher can do that. When Adam Wainwright can do that. He did that with flying. And I mean, flying colors. Um, even though we didn't have his best stuff. And I think that the Pittsburgh Pirates are not the Milwaukee Brewers. They do not have as strong as an offense. So I have a lot of confidence in Adam Wainwright going in this start on Sunday afternoon. I, I, I see no reason why he won't dominate again. I'm not saying he's going to throw an 88-pitch complete game shutout by any stretch of the imagination, but he definitely has the momentum in his most recent starts and success, recent success against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So... There's really only so much you can say about Adam Wainwright and his start. I think he's, I think he's going to win it. I, I have no reason, no, no stats to back up any reasons why he wouldn't win this start, why he wouldn't go out there and dominate and then pitch extremely well for the St. Louis Cardinals because that's really what he has done all season long. So I'll get into my series prediction in just a moment. But sadly, or I guess not sadly, but we're going to have to talk about Yadier Molina because there are reports out that Kate, but from Katie Wu and Ken Rosenthal – Katie Wu of the Athletic and Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic, but Katie Wu is uh, covering the Cardinals, that Molina and the Cardinals are, are, are talking in an extension for one year, $9 million. Posted on the Instagram story and on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals what you guys' thoughts were. So I'm going to share some of those thoughts here on uh, the show right now. We're going to start with the responses to the story on the Instagram story. Um, at DDK underscore 731 says, five mil as a bench bat is the only thing I would do for him. Kisner is ready and Herrera is close. I agree. 
I think if the Cardinals were to re-sign Molina, I don't think they can spend $9 million. You know, can't they can, I guess. But I don't think that they should spend $9 million on Molina. Um, you know, Kisner had a hit today, one for four. And I just think that I, I would I would like to see them pl- platoon there if Yachty is able to, to take kind of a step back and split time with, with Kisner. Uh, at Cardinals underscore network says no. Most Saints fan 2002 says LMFAO, so probably a no over there as well. Matthew Hunter 1128 says, I will only be fine if he re-signs as long as Yachty is used as a mentor for Herrera. I think that, that, that that's the key here, that, that most Cardinal fans are, are going to be okay if Molina is re-signed as, as a mentor, as a not a bench bat, but as a as a, as split, splits a time, playing time, a platoon is the word I was looking for there with Kisner or Herrera if Herrera is ready. So I agree with that, Matthew. James underscore Shroud says, if he'll do a timeshare with Kiz, then sure. But he, he's not been willing to do that before, so no. I think that that, that is the key. If Molina is willing to kind of take a step back and um, be, be more of a mentor, be more of a bench uh, part platoon type player. I think that, that that is definitely something that that would intrigue me a little bit more if he's able to do that. Um, I-G-R-A-N-D-O-L says he isn't in his prime, but he still helps his team win, be, win ball games, maybe a platoon next year. Totally agree. Again, if he's able to platoon, then that option is a lot more intriguing to me and I think that, that that would hopefully be something that he might be open to if he's able to platoon. The intangibles, I know uh, I can explain on this on a, on a later podcast, and I've talked about it on previous podcasts, but his intangibles still mean something in terms of what he means to pitching staff, to the team, to the franchise. Definitely still something to keep in mind. Um, and then on the Twitter, I posted a poll. Should the Cardinals re-sign Molina at this time? It's received 41 votes. 66 say yay, 34 say no. Um, Christian Beecham at CG underscore Beecham says re-sign him and have him share playing time with Kisner or Herrera. Basically what everybody's been saying. I agree. Uh, at VDV Sean says 70% starts, then ramp it up if you make a playoff run. Keep him fresh into September slash October. That's an interesting thought process as to maybe not fully just go platoon or fully go bench, but be able to keep him fresh and ramp it up later. Interesting thought, Sean. I like that. Uh, Redsbirds. Redbirds and Blues notes say 60% of his normal playing time. Again, that seems to be the um, the the general generally shared opinion is if they re-sign him, then you should definitely split the playing time or cut the playing time a little bit. So thank you to all of you for interacting on Twitter and Instagram. I always appreciate anybody who interacts. You, you can DM any of the accounts that I talked about, LJ Fastball, Locked On Cards, or uh, LO underscore Cardinals is what it's called. So feel free to DM, email LockedOnCards at gmail.com. I'll try to respond as many as you I can, as many of you as I can. Love interacting with Cardinal Nation. So many thoughts uh, going around, and I, I just love interacting with all of you. So before I get out of here, I am going to talk about the series prediction for, for the Cardinals this week. I think that the Cardinals, if they're going to continue to build off this momentum, it needs to be a sweep. I think that two out of three is kind of being conservative right now, but because of the, who the Cardinals have on the mound because of, and because of the momentum from the win they achieved on Thursday, I say sweep. That is my prediction. I feel really confident about Saturday and Sunday's games, whereas today's game is a little bit more of a toss-up because of Miles Michaelis on the mound. But if the Cardinals are able to continue what they to, to duplicate what they did in Pittsburgh last week, then that bodes well, in my opinion, for the St. Louis Cardinals moving forward in this series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I, I'm I'm going all in. I know I was wrong on 
excuse me, uh, I was wrong on the two out of three against Milwaukee. That was the exact opposite as they won, as they lost two out of three, but I'm feeling pretty confident still, despite the struggles, the parts to parts of this week, that the Cardinals are going to be able to take two out of three against, or to take three out of three against Pittsburgh Pirates. So I'm being aggressive. I'm going sweep. Let me know your thoughts by any of these options. You can follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball and DM me there. You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram and DM on either one of those or swipe up to a story on Instagram, or you can email the show at lockedoncards at gmail.com. And hopefully uh, you can also do any of those options for if you guys want me to discuss a question or answer a question or talk about something. Um, all those things are fair game. So that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. And again, if you guys are looking for my thoughts on yesterday's game, uh, that was a post-game pod posted on YouTube as well as on all podcasting platforms. So hope you enjoy there. Uh, But until I talk to you guys the next time, which won't be until Monday, uh, but you can still follow along on all the social media for Locked On Cardinals content. But until I talk to you again on Monday, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.